going to continue in our series called Made for More. And Made for More, really the whole point of this is to discover God's plan for your life. What is God trying to help you see that you are made for in this life here on earth? Amen? And so with that, today we're actually going to be jumping into uh, sort of this idea of being made for an impact. All right? Who here wants to make an impact? Some type of impact on this world, right? A lot of us remember when things make an impact on our lives. Would you agree? A lot of different things make impacts on our lives. And so today I'm going to do something a little different. Can I do that? Okay. This is what I'm going to do. I literally came up with this in the middle of worship. So what I'm going to do, we're going to see how well this microphone works. But I see a lot of open rows right here. You see this? Some spots right here. And so I'm either going to have to ask the back rows to move forward or I'm going to preach from the back today. All right, now I know some parents have young children and they have to sit back here. That'll probably be me soon. But if we're truly a family of God, wow, this mic works really well back here. I could actually preach back here, couldn't I? He's like, can you just do it from here? This is great. If we're truly a family of God and we want to make an impact, I think we should start acting like it at our church service, all right? So let's come on and move forward. Let's imitate our young folks up here. Give it up for the campus. Look at them all up here in the front couple rows. There we go. Let's move forward. Let's get tight. There we go. Look at that. Marcel was getting lonely up here, okay? I got you, bro. Okay, there you go. There you go. All right. Had to shake it up this morning, all right? That gets you remembering, all right? Today, we want to talk about impact, all right? Impact. What would it look like to make an impact? What would it look like? What would it look like for you? How do you interpret that question? What does that question even mean? Maybe for some of us, we interpret it as a personal impact with my immediate circle. Maybe it's my family, my kids, my wife, my brothers and sisters, my immediate circle. Maybe for some of us, it's our communities, our neighborhoods. Maybe it's our workplace. We want to leave an impact with those who we associate with on a daily basis. Maybe for others of us, we want to make a global impact, a worldwide impact, that we influence the world and leave an impact on it. Whatever it is, I believe, no matter what impact you want to leave, if it's for Jesus, it's valuable. All right? An immediate impact with your family, a community impact, or a global impact for Christ is very valuable. You know, the definition of impact is the resulting effect, positive or negative, that the actions we take have to change the physical or mental state of others around us, and therefore have the power to change the future path of an individual or group. So why do we desire to make an impact? Most of us raised our hands earlier. I believe a lot of us, deep inside of us, I believe, honestly, all of us, 
have been made to desire to leave an impact. Would you agree? So where does this come from? Where does that desire that's in all of us innately come from? Well, today we're going to talk about it. And today's lesson is made for eternal impact. An eternal impact. Let's go ahead and bow our heads in prayer. God, thank you so much for this morning. We're so grateful to be able to worship a God of impact. A God who has created the heavens and the earth, who has established a kingdom that's heavenly, but also able to be here on earth as well. And God, I pray that we, this morning, will have the heart to be open to your word, receptive to your spirit, and what you're trying to communicate, what you're trying to impress on each of our hearts this morning. God, please personally remove me from this stage. Remove my, my will and my desires out of the way and replace them with your will and your desires, Lord. I pray that this morning will be a time where we can really connect with the Holy Spirit and what God is trying to speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so made for eternal impact. Getting a little feedback there. Made for eternal impact. We're going to go through three points today, and this is going to be more of a topical approach, all right? So we're going to look at some different scriptures. We're going to talk about some ideas I think might get your heart stirring. Maybe one idea doesn't hit you as much. Maybe another one does. The shoe fits where it, amen? Let's jump in. Number one, purposeful impact. Who wants to live for a purpose? Right? Purposeful impact. We want to have a purposeful impact. We don't want to just have an impact that's like not very important right? That's some impact that's like, eh, that's not very valuable, whatever, right? I don't want to bash anything right now, so I'm not going to do that, because then somebody might get offended here. But we want to have a purposeful, lasting impact. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark 12, verse 30, all right? There it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So what do we see here clearly? What is our purpose? Our purpose is to do what? It's to love the Lord your God with everything. With everything. All your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength. I'm not going to jump into exactly what that's going to look like for your life, but the principle should apply that we got to love God with everything. And the second, it says it's to love who? To love your neighbor. To love your neighbor as who? As yourself. You know, we live in America, specifically California, Orange County. And I've noticed, I don't know if you have, but Americans love themselves. We love ourselves a lot. We like to get ourselves nice things. We like to treat ourselves. We like to drive cool cars. We love ourselves. Would you agree? Yep. Well, Jesus is saying, look, you got to love me, but you also need to love your neighbor as the way you love yourself. You know, this is a foundation as disciples of Jesus we have to rely on in our Christianity. And if we don't, have these two commandments down, brothers and sisters, we cannot have an eternal, purposeful impact. Are you with me? 
So let's talk about what stops us then from obeying these two commandments. What prevents us from loving God with all of our heart? What prevents us from loving our neighbor as ourself? Maybe for some of us, it's laziness. We're selfish or we're lazy and we're like, ah, I just don't feel like it. I don't want to do that. I want to just love myself. I want to just do things for myself. Maybe for some of us, it's just, man, I'm so enveloped in this desire to love the world and its possessions. I love new things. Who here likes new things? It's okay to admit you like new things, right? We like new things. Some of us may get consumed by those new things. Maybe it's a love for money or success. Again, that's the world we live in. Maybe something that can stop us is just blatant sin that we're not really willing to give up certain sins in our lives. Now, I know this sounds very elementary, but let's be honest, this is real-world struggles, daily struggles. The most elementary things are the most relevant things in our daily lives. Are you with me? So we got to learn how to love God and love people if we want to have an eternal impact. We've got to learn what prevents us from doing that. And we've got to learn, how can we combat that? You with me on that? Well, we've got to read God's Word. The simple elementary truth that we are teaching when the day you become a Christian, or leading up to that, we're teaching you, read the Bible. You know, I heard, uh, I think it was last week, someone mentioned, why do we read the Bible every day? Is it because every time you read it, it's like this, wow, look at this, this is amazing, I just read the Bible, it's this world-changing, no, no, it's not like that all the time, are you with me? For some of those older Christians that have been disciples for a long time, you understand, sometimes you're reading the Bible, it's been six months, a year, and you're like, this is this the same thing. But I believe that the reason we read the Bible on a daily basis is for the day that God wants to truly speak to you, your heart will be soft enough to receive it. Because you have been practicing being devoted to Him. Reading the Word is needed. It's necessary. Meditation. Meditation. Some of us are like, eh, who does that? Meditation is needed through prayer, through fasting, through being still and being quiet. Connecting with God in a meditative level is absolutely helpful to learning how to love God with your whole heart. I want to talk for a second. I just learned this recently about this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, as Christians, we know in the Bible, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus says, you've got to hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. You want to follow me? This is very maybe contradictory almost statement that Jesus says here. Jesus isn't saying to actually hate those things. Jesus is saying the type of love we have for God needs to look much different than the type of love we have for everything else. Right? And so as Christians, we need to hate our lives, but not ourselves. And what I mean by that is God made all of us. He made you so special, so unique, so different. 
It says he knit you together in your mother's womb. That you were made in his image. I think God would want us to hate something he created? No. He wants you to love who you are and who you were made to be. We are made in God's image. And the Lord makes good things. And he loves you deeply. We've got to learn to love who God has made us to be. Because I know sometimes we can feel like, oh, this, this statement of, oh, love yourself, right? It was a huge hashtag for a long time for those who are young. It still may be. I'm not on social media anymore, so I've, yeah. Anyways. It can be controversial to the Christian life, this idea of love yourself, right? Because it becomes a very self-focused. It becomes all about me. But love yourself in the Christian context, means that you love who God has made you to be. It's not you love being selfish or you love doing things to only make yourself feel good. No, to love yourself is to genuinely be grateful and confident in who God has made you to be. And if you really think that way and believe that about who you are, then think of the type of love you can show your neighbor. You guys with me on that? Because, guys, let me just be honest. Satan is trying to destroy how you view yourself. Satan is trying to wreck the way that you view the amazing creation that you are. He wants you to view yourself from a worldly point of view. You're not good enough. You're not important. You're not special. You're unworthy. That's how Satan wants you to view yourself. God, He views you as so special, so important. You are a son and daughter of the living God. Are you with me? Amen. And when we view ourselves in that way, then we can now view others in the same. And we can now express the love that Christ has shown to us in a way that we maybe never have done. So we must love God and love others the way He intends, brothers and sisters. Not the way that this sinful world intends. Let's not do it that way. Let's love people the way God wants us to love. Let's love people the way God views us. And then we can have a great purposeful impact on this world. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's keep moving. Number two. Extraordinary impact. Extraordinary Right? An extraordinary impact. All right. I'm going to wake us up a little bit. I know that one got... Okay. An extraordinary impact. When I think of an extraordinary impact, I think of like the coolest people ever. Right? I think of the greatest athletes. I think of the best musicians. I think of ten talent people. I think of the famous rich people. Right? That's who I think of. Maybe you don't. Maybe I'm just thinking differently. But that's how I view it. Right? Let me show you a couple photos here of the people I think of. All right? We got LeBron, second round of the playoffs. I'm pretty happy because I'm a Laker fan. Beyonce. I know some of the ladies in here love Queen B. All right? We got Mahomes, my homeboy. All right? Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl champ. Some think it's controversial. I don't. It was the right call. All right? Then on the bottom right, we got uh, DiCaprio. One of my favorite actors, right? Inception, Titanic, got some good, good movies there. Then we got 
the goat of soccer. All right, yes, I'm proclaiming it. Messi right there. No, he's the goat. All right, we're not going to get into that, Marcel. And then Jennifer Lawrence, who I think is very underrated, but a fantastic actor, okay? A fantastic, or actress, or actor. I guess I don't use that word anymore. All right. Anyways, so these are who I think of when I think of impact. I think of the most gifted, the most talented. I think of, you know, the people who have all the abilities. You guys, talk, you guys know what I'm talking about? Any of us in this room like that? I think Eric's like that. Come on, Eric. Let's be honest. If we were, we probably wouldn't be in this room right now. Okay? Honesty. Honesty. So let me ask this question then. If you don't have the skills or the abilities or the talents, then can you really have an impact? Do you really think you can? Well, I'm here to tell you you can. That's my job, right? Mark 1. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, I'm bringing you back, says he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. We see some fishermen here get called by Jesus. Later on in the book of Acts, we see that they are pretty much up there standing in front of the Sanhedrin. Peter preaches at Pentecost. It's this amazing thing going on. And what we see is in verse 13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I'm going to say something I don't think is controversial, but we're going to find out. You're ordinary. I knew that. Good. You are ordinary. And so am I. We're all ordinary people. Maybe some of us are schooled. Maybe some of us aren't. But we're ordinary. And we all have weaknesses. We're not that unique. We're not that amazing. I know I was just preaching about how awesome you are. Now just, just come with me, okay? It's a balance here, yes. I like when you guys sit in the front. Can we do this more? You guys like them in the front? There you go. There we go. We all have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. Pride is my weakness. Thinking I'm better than I am. Whatever weakness you have, it makes you ordinary, just like the rest of us. And my weakness leads me into foolish and stupid places. You know, this idea of pride, it makes me want to just always be right, always be excellent, always be efficient. You know, earlier this week, um, kind of a funny story, I'm hope, I bet you'll relate. Earlier this week, my wife and I were going to visit a friend who had been visiting in from Maryland, and we were like, hey, let's go sit, you know, visit them. And uh, on the way, it was a little bit later in the day, we hadn't eaten dinner yet, we we're getting hungry. So we're driving about an hour uh, back to the Inland Empire areas where they were at, 
And we were going to visit them. And on our way, we're getting hungry. So I'm like, hey, why don't we stop and get some food? I'm like, what do you want, babe? What do you want to eat? She's like, I like Chick-fil-A. All right, I like Chick-fil-A too. Let's get some Chick-fil-A. Well, on the way, we're going. And uh, I'm like, well, oh, why don't we just use the app, right? The Chick-fil-A app. We can, we can pre-order it, and then we can pick it up, and then it just makes life easier, and we don't have to wait in line. It's efficient. It's excellent, right? It's like, yes. Thank you, Chick-fil-A app. And here's the cool thing, we had rewards on the app, all right? So we had rewards, meaning we were going to get two free chicken sandwiches. I was like, super efficient, right? So we're going, we're driving there. I'm like, oh, she's driving, and I'm like putting in the order. I put it in, I pay. I'm like, all right, cool, we'll be ready in like five minutes. We're about five minutes away. I'm like, this is working out perfectly. We show up, I run inside. I'm like, yeah, my name's Kyle. I just placed a mobile order. They're like, Kyle. And I'm like, yeah, Kyle Lounsbury. Like, that, that's my order. And they're like, nope, no Kyle here. And I'm like, what? So I run back to the car, I go get my phone, and I'm like, yeah, it's right here, it's Kyle. And they're like, um, that's at the, the location 20 miles down the road. I put the wrong location, and I was so furious, right? I was so upset with myself. And I was like so frustrated, I was like, are you kidding me? I just wasted my rewards, it's 20 miles down the road. My wife is pregnant, she's hungry. And I, I just was like so upset, so frustrated, right? And my, my wife was, was amazing, as she always is. And she ended up solving the problem. She went inside, she called the other store, they refunded it, we ended up getting at the store we were at. She made it happen, she solved it, because I was just too upset. She's awesome, she is. She's extraordinary, I'm not. I am very ordinary. And I share this to, sh to say that that's a pretty ordinary experience, right? Yeah. Who here has done something like that? Or you just brain fart, you make a mistake, right? Well, in my pride, I was like so upset. I was so frustrated with myself. Like, how could I do such a stupid thing, right? Not a big deal at the end of the day. It's laughable now. But in that moment, I realized I'm imperfect. I'm ordinary. I'm not special, I'm not perfect, I'm not as efficient or excellent as I wish I were. And we're all here ordinary people. The disciples we read about in the Bible were ordinary. But Jesus does what? He chose the ordinary to have them do the extraordinary. And he chooses you as an ordinary person living in North O.C., to do the extraordinary, to have an extraordinary impact. You get to have an impact that's lasting for generations to come. He chose you, who isn't very special, to make an eternal impact. Think about how cool that is. This should give you confidence that you don't need to boost your self-esteem or make yourself feel better by this world's standards because you're confident that Jesus chose you. You know, our self-esteem is something that is always being tested in this world that we live in. Through social media, through the, the comparisons of our neighbors, or our coworkers, or our friends. We compare so often and it lowers our self-esteem constantly. You don't have to be consumed anymore by the things of this world that dictate your self-esteem. You get to be consumed now with a mission from Jesus to change the world. 
It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much success you have or the nice house, the family, the car that you drive, how good your kids are at sports or in, in, in school or music or art. You don't have to be consumed by the secular success in the workplace. You don't have to be consumed by that anymore. Because your identity is no longer in those things. You've been called to make an extraordinary impact with Jesus. You've been called by Him directly. And you get to have a self-esteem that's built on the Gospel. A self-esteem that is no longer predicated on this world's standards. Your self-esteem comes from Christ and how He chose you to live for an eternal purpose greater than what this world can offer. You have a self-esteem built on the Gospel of Jesus. Is that where you get your self-esteem? Is that where when you wake up and you, you just are so excited because you are worshiping all, the Almighty God? You get to follow and serve and share who Jesus is and what He's done for you. You know, let's have a self-esteem built on Jesus. Amen, brothers and sisters? Let's be with Jesus. Let's love Him. Let's worship Him. Let's live for Him. Let's proclaim His Gospel and His good news together as a church. Let's leave an extraordinary impact on this world. Last point, missional impact. Missional impact. Alright, that was the best picture I could find. Don't judge. Alright? James 2.17 says, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself dead. It needs action. It needs purpose. It needs mission. It needs something behind it. It's not enough to simply believe in Christ. We've got to also act on that belief, brothers and sisters. We must be willing to step out of our comfort zones the way you did when you were sitting in the back. You came to the front. I'm proud of you. All right. You know, some of us know the great commission of Jesus says to go into all the nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything He has commanded us. And surely He will be with us to the very end of the age. Do you remember what it was like learning to truly become a disciple of Jesus? Do you remember when the scales fell from your eyes when you were learning about, wow, this is what it looks like to really live a mission-purpose-driven life? Do you remember that? Raise your hand if you remember that. When you first learned. It was amazing. Are we still remembering that? Are we still doing that? Are we still inspired by that? How many of us remember what it was like teaching someone oops, else how to become a disciple of Jesus? I'll be honest, as a young man in this church, I'm a little weary that we've gotten away too much from the mission of Jesus. Why, why isn't this room full of our friends? I'm not here to shame anybody. Not my goal. My goal is to inspire. But imagine if we didn't have to scoot up because there was no seats. 
Imagine how awesome that would be. Imagine if all of us were trying to just help one person. Just spread the gospel to one person. Again, I'm not trying to make us feel bad about this because guess what? The best is yet to come. We can still do it. We can still go talk to our neighbors. We can still reach out to a friend. And I know we have busy lives. We've got children we're taking care of, jobs we got to go to. I get it. Let's just share with one friend. Let's have action accompanied with our faith. Guys, let me remind you that there is no greater impact than saving souls for Christ. There isn't. There just simply isn't. I can't think of one. If there is, come talk to me afterwards. We'll talk. I would love to know. Helping people have a purpose-driven life dedicated to Jesus is amazing. It's an amazing mission. And I'm not saying we need to have all these stats and all these numbers and make sure we're doing... Just go love people. Go share the Gospel. Go share what He saved you from. Share that with people. Encourage people. Love people the way He has loved us and the way you ought to love yourself. Let's be resolute on helping people know the Gospel and become saved. Amen? As we close out, I want us to finish with this question here. Are you acting on your faith? A great reflection question. Are you acting on your faith with a desire to leave an eternal impact on this world? Whether it's your family, your community, your school, or the world. Are you acting on your faith? Let's do it together. We're a family. We're a team. We're on the same team. We're here to work together. The resources we can use to help people learn about Jesus exponential. Amen? And so, brothers and sisters, as we are getting prepared to take communion together, and we're thinking about this idea of impact, how we're made for an impact, I don't know what hit you today. But what I hope hits you is that you remember you were chosen to make one. And you were chosen by none other than Jesus who took up your pain and your suffering on the cross. He decided to go to the cross says the wages of sin is death, and He paid for it with His death. So let's remember that we're called to our purpose. To love God and to love our neighbors. That we can make an extraordinary impact with the self-esteem built on the Gospel. And let us take action with our faith. Let's trust in God, and let's leave an eternal impact. Let's say a word of prayer, and we'll take communion. Lord, we love You and we thank You for this morning. So grateful to be able to worship an eternal God. And Lord, we're so grateful that You have created us in a beautiful, amazing, special way. That You totally love us with all of Your heart. That You want us to love You with all of our heart. That You desire for us to know more and more about You. But Lord, I pray that we allow the love that we have for You, the love that You have for us, to compel us to live lives for You. 
to compel us to make impact on this world for You. To make You famous. To make You known through the way that we live our lives. God, I pray that You allow us to be open, to be humble, but to build our self-esteem on You and Your Gospel. Not on things of this world. Not on the things that distract us. Not on the sin that so easily entangles. But God, I pray that You allow us to build our self-esteem on You. And Lord, I pray that You help us remember the cross as we take communion this, this morning. As we take the communion, that we can truly remember and reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus endured for our sins. That we can ultimately live our lives in devotion. We love you and we thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.